Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. He's up to the near side at the 45, pushes by the wall. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, Byron Pringle. And the weekday home for Andy Reid, Mitch Holtis, Derek Johnson, and Patrick Mahomes. Fires it to Edelman, who drops it. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Guns are long for the end zone. Wide open touchdown. Kansas City. It's a home run to Tyreek Hill. Here's Jay Binkley. And just like that, the Steelers go down at Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City will see Arrowhead Stadium once again in the postseason. There's two games left on the schedule, and they're on the road in Cincinnati and at Denver. But what a way to close out things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Last five games at home, 8.8 points a game given up. But this is what this game was about. It was about your next man up stepping up. And we've heard this all along in football. You heard all the time, well, next man up. Well, with COVID, you really are next man up. With Butker out, Kelsey out, Fitton out, Bolton out, Long out, Lucas Niang out, Armani Watts out, Tommy Townsend out. You have three guys in the practice squad out as well. But this is everybody in the NFL. You can't really complain. I mean, look at the Chargers. (laughs) They got beat by the Texans today. The Texans. And I get it. The Chargers had, what, 13 guys out in that game? (laughs) Houston had 16. So, again, cry me a river for that. But... With the Chargers lost, the Chiefs win over the Steelers today. Chiefs have won the AFC West for six straight times. Never been done in the history of the AFC West. That is consistency. The Rams did it throughout the 70s. They did seven in a row in the NFC West. And the Patriots won 11 in a row in the AFC East. But no team has won the AFC West six straight times like the Kansas City Chiefs. Get this. Chiefs are 18-2 and two in December January, the last three seasons including the postseason. In one of those games, that Chargers game last year, where it was the backups playing the game. The other one, of course, the Super Bowl versus the Buccaneers. Chiefs won 14 of the last 15 December-January games. November-December, 23 straight wins. 14 straight wins in the month of December. That's called closing. That's called finishing it out, like the Kansas City Chiefs. But today was about a couple things. One, It was about Andy Reid putting a game plan together despite, you know, not having people and not sure who you were going to have at the end of the week. You know, was Travis Kelsey going to come off the list? They had high hopes that Travis, or excuse me, Tyreek Hill, he comes off the list yesterday. There was hopes that that Travis Kelsey, so the Chiefs had to play the activation game where you have to activate guys for regular roster, even though they're on COVID right now. And and you hope that guess what? On game day, they could play. If they can't, then you're down a roster spot you could have. So you look at Andy Reid, what he's been going through, and it's no wonder coaches like that win. The best coaches find a way to way to not make excuses and just win. It's what Andy Reid's done. The guy's fifth all-time in the NFL in wins. It's a shame he's only one coach of the year once, and that was 19 years ago back in 2002. So it's about Andy Reid. Mike Kafka, one of the offensive brainchilds with this team, him be enemy. And Mahomes and Andy Reid, he, he couldn't play. He couldn't coach today. The Chiefs are down three coaches with COVID today. But again, they put together one of their best performances. This was the 36th time they've seen the Steelers. Big Ben was 3-1 and one 
at Arrowhead Stadium. And it's the Steelers. They still had Super Bowl thoughts. Not Super Bowl thoughts. Well, I mean, maybe it's what every team should have. But, you know, maybe getting into the playoffs. One last hurrah for Big Ben. 36 times the Chiefs and the Steelers have met. Steelers had a 23-12 advantage over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs were putting together one of their best games of the season. If not top two, top three performances, offense, defense, special teams, you name it. Didn't even have... Harrison Bucker, you know, Elliot Frey came in the game. Three or four kicking field goals. Yeah, he missed an extra point, but you know what? He got the job done. But it was Patrick Mahomes just having one of his cleanest games of the season. This was the 12th ranked pass defense. I know the Steelers run defense is bad. 12th best pass defense in the NFL was this one from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were number two in quarterback sacks coming into this game. Mahomes, Mahomes tore him up. I mean, he was accurate, he was efficient. And this is coming back-to-back off the Chargers, which, same way with the Steelers, bad run defense. But the Chargers were number four in the NFL when the Chiefs played them. It stopped the pass. Fourth against the pass, Mahomes threw for 4-10 and three touchdowns, and then he backs it up today against the Steelers. So it's about Mahomes. Even Andy Reid will play it later. He, he, in the postgame, he talks about it being one of Mahomes' most efficient games, and I, and I agree with him 100%. He was simply brilliant today. So the whole thought, is he broken or not? I mean, come on. Come on, those, those, those are dumb thoughts. All Mahomes has done is just win the division every year he's been a quarterback. But you know what else his day was about? It was about Brett Veach. It was about Brett Veach and what he's done for this football team. I've seen lists. I've seen uh, what James Palmer had an anonymous list of 23 GMs or scouts in the National Football League. He wasn't even mentioned for GM of the year. Find me a better one. Find me a better one than Brett Veach. Find me a better when they got three bona fide starters in this draft class. The hardest draft in the history of the National Football League, considering they didn't have a combine. Creed Humphrey leads all offensive centers in the NFL. Nick Bolton didn't play today because of COVID. He's the only player in the National Football League with at least 100 tackles and 10 tackles for losses. That's second round. That's a home run. How about Trey Smith in the sixth round? Yeah, that's a home run as well. How about Rashad Fenton having the highest cornerback rate didn't play today because of COVID? And again, there was a former six-round pick by Brett Veach. Who made the best trade deadline deal to kind of help flip his team? How about Brett Veach, Melvin Ingram? How about today, undrafted free agents, another big part of what a GM does. DiCaprio Boodle, that only had a special teams tackle, led the Chiefs today with a, you say, who the hell's DiCaprio Boodle? Undrafted free agent out of Nebraska. Who signed him? Brett Veach. Darrell Williams led the Chiefs in rushing today. Undrafted free agent, 2018 LSU. Who led the Chiefs in receiving today? Oh, that was Byron Pringle, undrafted free agent out of Kansas State. Who signed him? Brett Veach. So hold those hot takes about Brett Veach, or if you got them, bring it on. Let's discuss it. But the Kansas City Chiefs, huge victory today over the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's on the Cincinnati. Remember Bill Belichick a few years ago when he got his ass kicked by the Kansas City Chiefs? It was because of that we got the great Bill Belichick because this is what the Chiefs are doing. This team, this organization, hasn't had these sort of issues in the past. And yeah, well, we're on to Cincinnati. So, do you think, you mentioned Tom's age at the draft. Um, we're on think, to Cincinnati. Do you, do you think having a 37-year-old? We're on to Cincinnati. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. Okay, is the, is the, do you feel like the talent you have here is good enough? That's right. It's all about Cincinnati because that's where the Chiefs are going. The red hot Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, Joe Burrow put up the fourth best passing performance in NFL history. Not too bad as far as that. But it's time to hear from you guys. 
Let's go no huddle. 40, 35, 30, Cheetah at full speed, 10 to the 5-yard line. If you play impress, the Cheetah will run you all the way around the earth. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610. That's right, Silverstein Eye Center's hotline, 913-576-7610. Jay Southway and Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. Let's have a little bit of fun tonight. Six straight AFC West titles. This is a T-shirt and day, although I refuse to buy them until they win Super Bowls. What's up, Reggie? Hey, what's going on, man? How uh, are you? Great. I'm doing good, man. Doing good, man. I, I enjoy today's game, obviously. Uh, shout out to... The whole Chiefs kingdom, man, everybody from the players to the fans to the media. Um, another well, uh, well-deserved uh, division, uh, you know, AFC championship, AFC West uh, clinching win. Um, two quick points I wanted to, to point out today. Uh, we took care of business. Um, like you said, on the Cincinnati, nothing really to see here. We, on the Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah you got to like enjoy too. this, man. It's a division title. Yeah, on the sense of that. I mean, we, we did what we were supposed to do. We beat a, 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 a old boxer that's, that's, that hung around in the ring too long today, and that's what Ben Roethlisberger is. That's what the Steelers were. Well, I agree with you. They, they, were over, they, were, they were Larry Holmes at 45 years old fighting a, a 20-year-old Mike Tyson. It just, it just wasn't in the cards for him. Um, one of the things that I saw today that I really liked that I've been I've been pulling my my dreadlocks out for Patrick Mahomes to do consistently, and that is checking the ball down to the running back and allowing him to get uh, seven to eight yards every time uh, that that pass is thrown. And what it allowed for was those down the field passes uh, later on in the game. And you see what happens when you get Gore and you get uh, and, and you get um, uh, Daryl uh, uh, Williams the ball. In the space, you know, you allow them to make plays, and that takes so much pressure off your offensive line. It takes so much pressure off your receivers, and you keep the ball moving, and you stay on schedule, and you stay ahead of the chain. So I just wanted to tip my cap to Patrick Mahomes for doing that, man, because I've been really screaming for him to, to get the ball out quicker, to, uh, to, to, to take some of the pressure off of that offensive line. But uh, congratulations, Kansas City. I love y'all. Uh, from the West Coast back to the Midwest, man, go Chiefs. Good call, Reggie. Yeah, the the receivers as running backs. The running backs made great receivers today. Remember a few weeks ago when you had Clyde and you had Daryl, six catches, 88 yards on six targets? Well, they were 100% today. Seven targets between Clyde. Clyde had one, got the one catch. But between Gore and Daryl, Six catches for 91 yards between just those guys. The running backs as a whole, 95 yards receiving today. It was an outstanding day out of the backfield catching the football. Let's go to Batman. What's up, Batman? Man, you know it. Uh, you know it's us, man. That's six titles. I can't even. That's just another extra ring put on the other finger or somebody else's finger. But it's always cool to follow uh, Silk. Silk Reggie. I, I love the way he pops in and starts it off. But I'm telling you. The big of it is right now is we're on a system roll. <clears throat> I, I didn't ever want to bring up 2019 because this is even better. The uh, you know we we had our three major major pieces today in the team that didn't even get to play, and uh, they're so wound up right now. I, I can't see anybody stopping them. We take this winning streak on into the playoffs. Everything goes straight ahead, bro. And you know we're going to drink the gravy, drink. I'm going to find you. I want to drink the gravy at the parade, all right? So it's on. I mean, folks, this is on. This is for real. We're going to Super Bowl, and we're going to win it. 
Oh, good stuff, Batman. Yeah, I mean, celebrate and enjoy this one. But you eat the big prize is Cincinnati next week. I mean, it's, it's all great right now. You lose that game to Cincinnati, boom, Tennessee, back up to the number one slot. But they play Red Hot Dolphins team. It's won six straight games. They got to play Monday night, the Dolphins. That's a team to give Tennessee fits. Really hoping the 49ers could have beat the Titans this past week. It was a big game between the 49ers and the Titans. 49ers let them off the hook. Let's go to Steven in Lenexa. What's up, Steven? Hey, well, hang your, your T-shirts high. Hang your division championship T-shirts high. You you took Big Ben to the glue factory and beat a defense without P.J. Watt with rib problems. So uh, you get to celebrate for four for four hours before you go. Steven, you go what the hell was wrong with you, man? Were you dropped on your head as a kid? Because you always have negative <laughs> things. No, seriously, you always have negative things to say. I mean, seriously, it makes no. you look – no, wait a minute. It makes you look ignorant at times, Stephen. It really does. I'm They've so, been to two I'm straight so Super Bowls. Wait, whoa, whoa, shut up for just a second. They've been to two straight Super Bowls, three straight AFC title games, but you don't have think they've done a damn thing. What do you got, Chargers crap on your wall? I think that you're going to lose to Joe Burrow, and you're going to need the, the Tennessee Titans to bail, to, to bail you guys out. I want to get to the real point of today – is uh, another guy we got to take to the glue factory, uh, Chad Henney, whose salary is way out of control and dropped the ball twice in, in garbage time. So you, you know what? You know what, Stephen? You know what, Stephen? They, they got eight guys out with COVID. And you want to talk about a fumble by a guy that hadn't taken snaps really this year. I mean, it was just it was just a miscommunication problem. No, but see, that's the problem with you, Stephen. That's the problem with half of society. That's the problem with half the people think a game of football is over without five minutes. Oh, my God, such and such team sucks. See it every week. And then what? Team comes back and wins a game. But that's just negative. It's just finding everything negative and bringing it out. On a night where the Chiefs win six straight division titles, you know, he only had Tyree Kill with two catches in this game. He had COVID all week. And Travis Kelsey didn't even play. Your two biggest threats. Last week, Travis Kelsey and, did, and Tyree Kill did something nobody has ever done in the NFL. The tandem at least had 10 catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Never been done in the National Football League. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey did that. They basically didn't have them tonight. Unbelievable. What's up, Dan? Dan and KCK. Hey, Bing, how you doing? Yeah, six straight AFC West titles, never before done. How about Byron Prickle spe- stepping up two touchdowns? Even though Tyree Kill had 19 yards, and uh, I'll tell you something, Bing. I think the Chiefs will go in there and cream cream the Bengals. You know what? Steve thinks the Bengals girls gonna run over us. I don't think so. And uh, well, congratulations on the defense. How about Chavarius? Well, not food on that uh, sweet flicker by Roethlisberger. Anyway, Dan. Yeah. Fire me up, Dan. I need to stay up all night. I'll be in here in the morning. But seriously, though, I mean, we can look at the negative in life and nitpick. Or do you want to live like that? Or do you live like a team that's won two straight Super Bowls? Do you want me to mention, Stephen, what the Chiefs have done when you're talking about the glue factory? 14 straight December wins. 23 straight November, December wins. Chiefs are 18-2 and two in December, January, the last three years. Oh, by the way, one of those is when they rested Mahomes and the starters. This team closes. This was a team that was three and four, and you, Stephen, and a lot of other people thought Andy Reid should be fired. Brett Veach, you guys are absolutely insane. I, I need to get cheered up. 
Let's go to my guy Cooper in Manhattan because you know what? He's probably excited about Byron Pringle. What's up, Cooper? Um, like Byron Pringle had two touchdowns um in the game. Like that's something you don't see every day. He's nope. not away from the KC Wildcats, not the Kansas Jayhawks. Like, why would he grab away from the Kansas Jayhawks? They're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about Cooper throwing some shade on the Hawks? I love it. Cooper, that's a great call, my friend. Byron Pringle, you called last week about Byron Pringle. This is, this is Byron Pringle's biggest guy, man. Biggest fan, Wildcat fans. Rejoice. Byron Pringle's never had multiple touchdowns in a game. He did today. How about that second touchdown, Cream Doug? Bobbing and weaving, ducking, stopping on a dime. I wish I had a car that could stop like Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle's rocking his AFC West champions after the shirt after the game. Cooper, you the man. You the man. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee because I know he'll cheer me up. What's up, Big T? Hey, way to go, Chiefs. Hey, Bink, thanks for taking my call. And Bink, man, that Steve dude, he talks about the glue factory. I think he's been sniffing too much. Remember when he called in uh, several weeks ago and said, we need to punish Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, he he won the bench, bench him, yeah. Chad yeah. Henning. Yeah, he won the bench him. And, and now he's bitching about Henning today. I think that guy's been stepping too much clue, but whatever. He's an idiot. Way to go, Chiefs. And Bink, since that caller from Atlanta, Georgia, hadn't been calling in, I'm going to pick up the pace. Hey, everybody, to be the, be the man, you got to beat the man. Ooh. And as always, let's go, Chiefs. Let's hate the row. Uh, let's go to Cincinnati and, and Bink, you know, this is what we're going to do to him. Everybody get on the train and hop aboard. Way to go. Eight in a row. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the best trigger man in the league. Let's go. COVID or no COVID. Choo-choo. Oh, I love trains and I like big T's. Talking about the call from Rick in Georgia. I spent more money on spilled liquor and bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing... Diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! That's the Chiefs, man, that Ric Flair. It's like I told you after week one against the Browns. Just like Omar from The Wire. You're going to swing at the king, you best not miss. You best not miss. You've watched a lot of MMA. You watch boxing. You see a just a fighter reeling, bell rings, gets the water, comes out, and withstands the fight. That's Chiefs, man. All these teams had a chance to knock them out. But you know what? They couldn't. They couldn't. And now they sit here and they tweet and they get on the national network with hot takes like Michael Irvin saying this team's not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> They're Super Bowl favorites, man. What the hell? The only team in the AFC to clinch. Unbelievable. Let's go to uh, JW, north of the river in God's country. What's up, hey, JW? Man, I don't think that Steve is drinking. I mean, sniffing glue. I think he's got some granny's bathtub gin that's poisoning his damn brain. You know, hey. sometimes I wonder what Steve's drinking because I'd have some too. I'll be uh, I swear to God, no, I don't think you want that crap. <laughs> hey, i got to ask you a question. You know, I've been around the world a few times. You know, I'm, I'm the demographics that, uh, you know, that uh, you guys don't really cater to. In the sense that I've seen the first Super Bowl. There's a few of us have. We've seen the fourth Super Bowl. And I've been telling some people, I think this team they got now, if they stay healthy, is probably just as balanced as the fourth Super Bowl team. I think they've got the potential to be better than them. I I think their ceiling is higher than them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all what you say. I mean, 
Who who knows what the ceiling is for the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, you guys have seen the pinnacle. You see the top of the mountain. Two straight Super Bowl appearances. I mean, listen, I've lived in this town my whole life. Really, honestly. You know, product of 1973, you know? I saw them get there with Joe Montana and play a title game in Buffalo. Like, to have what we have here in Kansas City, it's unreal. And to sit here and look at this team every single year when everybody plays with the same playing field, same salary cap, same draft of 256 to 255 guys, depending on how many comp picks, you got to be smarter than everybody else, and you have to have a better coach than everybody else, too, because football is different with this pandemic. And you better have someone that knows what they're doing, who can coach people up, who can basically start a game plan in the blink of an eye. Sandy Reid. Because if you don't, you're going to get your ass beat like the Chargers did today and look stupid losing a game to the Texans. Or you could sit there and have five straight games at home, five straight games at home, giving up less than 10 points a game. Or you could be like the Washington football team I'm watching here on TV, having a fight on the sidelines. See, it's dumb. That's dumb. Let's go to uh, Chester. Chester's always got something good for me on Sundays. What's up, Chester? Yes, sir. Consistency and the power of consistency is based on the ingredients of fortified focus. What holds it together, when it holds it together, how it holds it together. When you're going into a territory that if you, you know, if you, if you lose, you're done. Excuses, you have none. But if you win, you're in. Make it thick and not thin. These things here challenge us. So you got to have uncommon fire, the daily challenge. You got to prepare for it. When you're talking about consistency, six, you know, division titles, clinch the playoff berth, but you can't ease up, you know, see you at the top seed. And after the top seed, one or done. This is what it's all about. You enjoy. You love that challenge. The uncommon fire does not burn up the peace, love, and joy to be at the top seed, to see you at the top, to have vision, fortitude, focus, have each other, bigger than all the, of us. Give the example to the whole city as one. It's God's kingdom, but on earth as it is in God's kingdom. you got to win and stay in. God bless you. Team played well. The war goes to the, to- the the top team of all of them playing as one. Keep up the good work and meet the daily challenge. Uncommon fire. God bless you. There you go. Great call, Chester. This guy's been through it all. It's getting cold when they're down, when they're up. He's been through it all. Royals, Chiefs, you name it. That's a good fan right there, Chester. Let's go to Showtime in Kansas City. What's up, Showtime? Hey there, Bink. Hi there, Showtime. I got to give a shout-out to my guys down there in the trenches, Binkley. I'm talking about the defensive line causing havoc and our Brett Beach offensive lineman keeping Patrick Mahomes clean in the pocket. Way to go, Chiefs. Reintroducing our six-time AFC West division champion, Kansas City Chiefs. We're not done yet, Bink. We're driving for that Super Bowl, and we will get it done. God bless. Happy holidays. Showtime, Kansas City, baby. I'm out. All right, Showtime in Kansas City. I mean, it's, you know what? If you got eggnog left over on Sunday, you drink it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding, Showtime. It's a great call. But, yeah, I mean, holiday libations. A lot of people don't work this week, Kramer. 
You know, Christmas was yesterday, you know. Yeah. I don't know about you, Kramer, but uh, I opened up a lot of booze yesterday. Well, some people look at me and say, well, this Jay-Z was getting some booze, right? It's like perfect, right? Good fit. I didn't get any booze. <laughs> you get problems then. Nobody likes you. Or do I actually have problems if I don't have booze? <laughs> I don't know which way, but just enjoy it. I mean, fans are sitting there. They're going to the game, having a great time. We weren't sure who's going to play. And, you know, the game plans all over. I remember sitting around yesterday. Everybody's sitting around, you know. Then Tyreek Hill's coming back. And the, just the excitement of everybody. Like, you're going to need him against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh can't turn it on in time. This was a Pittsburgh team that just beat Tennessee last week. Steven Glue Factory comments. They just beat Tennessee. That's sitting as the second seed as we sit right now. Is, is the playoffs right now, it's Chiefs' first seed, Tennessee's second seed, Cincinnati third seed, Buffalo fourth seed, Indy fifth. The Patriots have slipped all the way to sixth seed, man. That's what happens when you can't maintain. That's what happens when you can't keep doing it and you have two losses in a row. The Dolphins, by the way, play tomorrow night. If they win, the Dolphins are the seventh seed. The Dolphins are who the Chiefs need to get on that roll and beat Tennessee next week. Ice that bad boy up. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride uh, postgame show. We'll get back to your calls and reaction as we go throughout tonight. We'll hear from the locker room. We'll hear from Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Chiefs. We'll hear from the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney. But coming up next, we'll hear from that sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, Josh Klingler, and our Mansory's Jewelry player of the game. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. At the 40, 45, Hartman in midfield, 45, 40, two blocks, 30, 25, jet fuel. is taken into the end zone. Corner pattern near side. Kelsey reaches up and makes the grab. Touchdown, Kansas City. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. For four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. At the 16 of Pittsburgh. Williams stays in. They fake it to him. Sling it. Caught by Pringle. Off the hit. Darts back inside. Touchdown, Kansas City. Byron Pringle with an outstanding... Catch and run, dusting two Steelers and into the sweet nectar, and the Chiefs lead 29 to nothing. Once again, another great call by Mitch Holtis. That's our play of the game, brought to you by Manzari's Jewelry. That was his second touchdown of the game. He's never had multiple touchdowns in a game, Byron Pringle. Again, undrafted free. This is a game of undrafted guys. Boodle led the team in tackles. Byron Pringle led the team in receptions, undrafted. Dear Williams led the team in rushing, undrafted. But I love that play. And I know there were so many plays and touchdowns to pick from, but I love when you can duck your head, stop on a dime. That's what Byron Pringle did today. He was, he was absolutely fantastic for the Kansas City Chiefs. Joining us now, the coach, Fesco in the morning, and also the sideline reporter that you hear with Mitch Holtis and Dana Hughes on 106.5 The Wolf. And we uh, simulcast the post game here as well. His name's Josh Klingler, and he's uh, did a great job once again because he's on vacation, but he still found time to do a great job on the sideline. What's up, Kling? That was uh, that was fun. I wasn't expecting the uh, the point difference there. I thought that the Steelers would have a chance to kind of ugly this game up and make it close and really kind of grind it. And instead, it turned out to be kind of a kind of a laugher where the uh, 
you know, the Steelers were doing odd things at the end of the game, you know, making sure they didn't go home with any timeouts and, and such. But that was a pretty impressive a blowout win. You got the big plays, as you mentioned, from Pringle. I know that a lot of the postgame uh, questions surrounded uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I, I thought he, he played about as calm as I've seen him play all season long and as confident as he's played all season long and his ability to kind of hang in the pocket a few times and, you know, uh, uh, not get kind of skittish and – the offensive line was terrific the entire night. They neutralized a, a banged up TJ Watt. Has a Watt, by the way, ever played healthy against the Chiefs? Like, it's like Aaron Rodgers. He's you know, they just don't 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 doesn't happen. Yeah. The uh, Watt's always at whatever percent when they play the Chiefs, but uh they neutralized him and, and just did a really fantastic job and the defense was was flying around right at the jump and that's uh that's a pretty complete victory. You know, it really was clinging in that, you know, it's through, through the holiday season. You had Christmas yesterday. We got New Year's Eve coming up, but the crowd looked lively. I, I, mm-hmm. What was the sidelines like? Because I know Steeler fans, you know, usually find their way inside stadiums from time to time. They're very resourceful in that. But even Steeler fans, I think, are kind of coming to the realization they've got to make changes. But what was the enthusiasm like of them? Oh, it was it was great. There were, I mean, there were quite a few Steeler fans. I mean, they were scattered all amongst the building, but much like has happened at other occasions this year. Packers were another instance of that. Cowboys were another instance of that, where the Chiefs fans made sure that they drowned them out noise-wise. But the place was hopping from the get-go. I think certainly uh, what happened to the Chargers today kind of gave the building a little bit of extra extra bump as well because they were playing all the highlights of the Chargers getting beat. And so <laughs> everybody kind of knew the scenario you know, right away. And so I, I don't remember um, – uh, a, a coin toss being that loud when the Chiefs won the coin toss. People were very excited about that today. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a great crowd uh, right from the get-go. Clay, who should I give the uh, undrafted player of the game to? DiCaprio Boodle. <laughs> they they yeah. got a special teams tackle once he's played in two games. Special teams tackle, no defensive tackles. Led the Chiefs. Pringle leads the Chiefs in receptions, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And Darrell Williams, 11 carries, 55 yards, five-yard uh, per carry average. I know Derek Gore did some nice things, but he was 3.6 uh, per carry, and Darrell Williams, three catches, 30 yards as well. Who should I give it to? I can even get to Derek Gore, but undrafted free agents stand up. They did stand up. Uh, it's got to be Pringle. Um, you know, his his game tonight, I think, has got to have that. No no knock on, on Boodle, but, you know, a lot of his stuff was kind of late in the game when you're able to put in some subs. But, you know, hey, get some valuable playing time. You feel great about it. Uh, continue to build confidence at all levels of the defense of of guys going in and making plays, but it's got to be Pringle. You're still looking for those extra offensive options. You're still going to have games where Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to be bottled up, so you need guys that can step up and take advantage. And you know, it might not be a singular guy, it might be still that committee of guys, but when Pringle has his opportunities, he, he tends to shine, and he did tonight. Kling, when you think about the game from Mahomes, I know Andy Reid mentioned it in the post game, one of his better games. Uh, I'll ask you because he looked crisp. He was on point. Twelfth best defense against the pass the Steelers week before the fourth best pass defense in the NFL with three, four, four hundred yards. Well, he looked good when he didn't have his main targets out there, and yeah. and Kelsey and Hill. I know Hill got a couple catches for the most part. He wasn't out there. Really hung in the pocket. Well, I mean. Have you gone back to look at that touchdown? How many seconds? I mean, it felt like he was he was just standing in the pocket for like ten seconds looking for somebody. To, We're not used to that. The offensive line, open. yeah. I mean, it was insane. and then there was a there was another instance uh, down at the other end of the field where um, he ended up having that big completion down the sideline where 
they did the hurry up uh, to <laughs> to prevent maybe going over the line of scrimmage. I don't know what, what TV showed on that one, but um, where he just waited, 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 and then found an open guy. I thought he was just extremely patient uh, in the in the pocket tonight, and really looks like yeah, the guys in front of him, he's got a lot of confidence in. I know on the on that that uh, the touchdown that I described that I felt like he was blocking for ten seconds. Orlando Brown. Uh, really held off uh, his guy on the edge, and and Mahomes was right there congratulating him. I, I thought the offensive line were were beasts tonight, but that also made the the uh, quarterback look much more comfortable. Kling, is this the best defense in your in your opinion we we've seen with Andy Reid? I know that uh, you know Bob Sutton had some good defenses early on as far as points per game. I know the 2019 defense helped lead the Chiefs to a title. There was still a lot about that offense though, but. Have we seen a more complete defense? I mean, the way they're going, eight point eight points a game in the last five at home. Yeah, and and they haven't had all their pieces. I mean, you continue to be missing, missing. I mean, didn't have Bolton tonight. Uh, he played a couple of games without Sneed. He missed a few games without Ward. Um, you know, hopefully Tyron Matthews okay. I, I I tend to think if that game was closer, he stays in because um, he kind of got banged up, came back in for a play, and then went out. And I think that they probably precautionarily said, hey, go ahead and shut it down. We got this. Um, but um, they have their full complement, and they're they're really, really good. I mean, the, the secondary, boy, I'll take Ward and Sneed against anybody. I mean, those two guys are, are fantastic. And then when you have, you know, Matthew, the ability to kind of freelance in that position, I thought the linebackers played well tonight, even without uh, Bolton out there, um, especially early on. Hitchens was great. Uh, Willie Gaze flying all over the field, too, and that defensive line. I mean, they, they kind of rotated through their two deep and played awfully well tonight. Kling, great stuff. Uh, it's on to Cincinnati. Oh. <laughs> yeah, on to Cincinnati and a motivated Bengals. I mean, they got yeah. they got a lot to play for. Chiefs had that number one seed to play for, uh, which is still kind of unbelievable, right? And then the Bengals, um, you know, they're – they're probably a year ahead of schedule, right? Yeah. This is a team that's not supposed to be uh, probably in this position, and here they are with a chance to win their division. So they've got a lot to play for on on Sunday. This is uh, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, the Chiefs uh, find themselves in the middle of the AFC North race. You know, Cleveland's still not dead. They need the Chiefs to beat the Bengals, and then they need to beat the Bengals the final week. The Chiefs take care of the Steelers tonight. But there's the Chiefs right in the middle of this AFC North. Well, they helped with the uh, the NFC East before, right? So now Absolutely. they're going to help with the – AFC North. Kling, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you soon, my man. All right, thanks. There you go, Josh Klingler, right there, silent reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. You heard him uh, earlier today on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, with uh, Mitch Holtus and Dayton Hughes. We'll have touchdown Kansas City coming up in a little bit, but it's time to head inside that locker room now and hear from some of those Kansas City Chiefs. Um, inside the locker room, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967, here's Andy Reid with an update on the injuries and more. Really, the just the two two injuries are uh, Clyde, um, who hurt his shoulder. We'll just see how bad um, it is tomorrow. Um, um, and then the Badger um, has a knee contusion or a quad contusion, I guess it is. And so um, he came out to at the end there. Um, listen, my hat goes off to the fans. Uh, what a great job they did right from, right from the coin flip on. I mean, they were, they were loud. So, uh, we appreciate all of that and, and more. So, um, 
Listen, I want to just mention the kickers, uh, or, or Fry the kicker, and and then Townsend the punter uh, for the job that they did. And uh, that's not it, it's never automatic, even with all the time spent with the with the center and, and the holder and the and the kicker. Um, but these guys, they came out and did a great job of um, making it look easy. Uh, not such an easy thing, but they they really did a nice job. Uh, I've, offensively, defensively, and special teams were all clicking. Uh, the coordinators, the coaches, um, you know, the, the players were phenomenal. And that's the way they were all week. Sorry about that. We lost connection uh, with Coach Andy Reid there. We'll uh, try to get back to that in just a second. Let's try this. Andy on um, Andy Reid in the postgame show brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Uh, here's Coach Reid. Uh, I'm try to reconnect with it right here. Here's Coach Reid. Tomorrow. Um, um, and then the Badger um, has a knee contusion or a quad contusion, I guess it is. And so um, he came out to at the end there. Um, so my hat goes off to the fans. Uh, what a great job they did right from, right from the coin flip on. I mean, they were, they were loud. So uh, we appreciate all of that and, and more. So um, listen, I want to just mention the kickers uh, or, or Fry the kicker and, and then Townsend the punter uh, for the job that they did. And uh, that's not, it, it's never automatic, even with all the time spent with the, with the center and, and the holder and the, and the kicker. Um, but these guys, they came out and did a great job of um, making it look easy. Uh, not such an easy thing, but they, they really did a nice job. Uh, I've, offensively, defensively, and special teams were all clicking. Uh, the coordinators, the coaches, um, you know, the, the players were phenomenal. And that's the way they were all week. They came in with great energy uh, and and just played their tail off. I mean, I mean, I go from Ward on down through with one-handed interception was phenomenal. I mean, all the way through this thing, um, you know, Pat again having a good day, the defensive line having a great day, the secondary, the linebacker. I mean, everybody kind of put it together and did great. The, uh, the offensive line, wide receiver. So it was just a uh, it was a nice day all the way around against a good football team. I mean, you play play a Mike Tomlin football team, um, you know it's going to be full of grit and determination. And so our guys, uh, yeah, I thought they did a nice job uh, working with that today, and and uh, we ended up coming out on the on the best end of the stick on this one. And uh, so happy for everybody. Hey Andy, um, I know you have bigger goals, but just wanted to see what um, what kind of um, prize it is to win another AFC West championship. And uh, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, so listen, we don't take any of those uh, experiences for granted at all. Um, I know we get a free T-shirt, but in a hat, but, um, there's a lot of uh, sweat that goes into this, uh, a lot of effort pushing through things that you normally don't have to push through to get to work and um, – both mentally and physically. And so I'm proud of our guys for how they handled it, proud of the coaches for how they handled it. And uh, it's a great, great honor. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll enjoy it here for a day or two. And then uh, we'll, we got to get on to a real good Cincinnati team. So um, 
uh, next week. You um, played without Kelsey, obviously, today, and for a while, at least, uh, to, it looked like Tyreek might not play. Did Pat didn't play like it today, but did you have to talk to him about maybe fighting the temptation this week to try to do too much? You know what? This was really – it's its going to be underscored here, I know, but this is one of his great games. Uh, uh, and he only played two and a half quarters. Um, uh, but the thing – the way he was seeing things and handling himself out there against uh, one of the better pass defenses in the National Football League, I, I, I just uh, – you know, my hat goes off to him. But he, he never flinched with – you know, he wanted the guys there. I mean, those are two good football players. So, but he never flinched on it. He got in and got work done during the week with the with the receivers that um, that, that stepped in. So I, you know, we were confident that if we if we didn't have Tyreek, um, and then we didn't have Kels, but if we didn't have either one of them, that we'd still uh, be efficient. And we had the run game too. So um, both runners, I thought, did a real nice job today. Uh, really, all three runners actually played well. Hey, Coach, you mentioned be, still being efficient um, without Kelsey. How big of a how big was it for a guy like Byron Pringle to have the game that he had today in the absence of Kelsey? Yeah, listen, I was uh, um, I joke him all the time that we're going to get a commercial going here with for Pringles. You know, I mean, he, he's uh, he's done a heck of a job. How many masks do you have on, Herbie? Holy Toledo, huh? My goodness, you know, suffocate yourself. Um, Double but, layered, coach. All right, I got you. So, um, but listen, I, he did a, a great job. He had the drop, the one drop, but I don't know, you seven for eight, whatever it was, whatever that stat was, um, and just did a, a tremendous job there. Hey, Andy, um, I, I know you've got the uh, next man up mentality going all the time, but that was a lot of next men up. And uh, I, I just wondered, how can you account for really such a seamless, a seamless game with, with so many guys out? Yeah, the guys all play together, which I, I don't think uh, you can avoid talking about that, the, the team aspect of it. Um, I just, uh, you know, I was proud, most proud of that part on both sides of the ball, special teams, um, supporting each other. I mean, everything wasn't perfect, but they – uh, they supported each other when there was a problem, something didn't work. Um, nobody was pointing fingers or any of that. They just, everybody hung together and it was a real good team effort. Hey coach, you alluded to it in your opening statement, but it really felt like Pat's comfort was palpable uh, in this game. And, and in a sense, he was in the zone. And I, I was curious how much do you think that had to do with this confidence that he's gaining in the offensive line and, and sort of the question with Matt was, and on that touchdown, he was just really well protected. How much do you think that he, that the comfort is coming from the offensive line and, and its play? Yeah. Listen, I think they all know each other better. Right? Uh, that's so important for a quarterback, just moving just the little subtle movements in the pocket against a three technique, right? <laughs> Things like that. So how are you going to move yourself and still may, be able to make a, viable throw for a receiver to catch and, and and not hurry your feet or doing that, not knowing exactly what the guys up front are going to do. So he, he's, uh, he's worked extremely hard on that. His relationship with those guys is unbelievable. Those guys have worked extremely hard on that with their consistency. We've got a couple of young guys in there um, and they've worked themselves through some of those rough early stretches and, and have done a nice, real nice job. So.
It's been been good that way. Hey Andy, I know Tyreek was a early addition this week, but I just wonder what it was like for you at practice to sort of try to decide how much he would play if given the opportunity, and how did you think the operation went with him uh, playing without obviously practicing this week? Yeah, so I just tried to talk to him, Nate, to, uh, during the game. EB talked to him. Um, we just wanted to keep the communication open. We talked to Joe Blameyer, who's his coach, uh, did the same thing, even though he was upstairs. Connor uh, is downstairs and working with him, so um, on the field. But we, we just we tried to keep open communication there and, uh, and wanted him, when he was playing, to be – as fresh as he could be for not having practice all week, but wasn't he? I, I, he's he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, not only speed uh, and quickness, but also endurance. And so it knocked him down for a little bit, but he sure bounced back fast. And there's head coach Andy Reid uh, following the game. We'll find out tomorrow too with the MRI when it comes back. Uh, well, I guess the MRI was done at. According to Ian Rappaport, should be uh, it looked negative, which is a good sign for Clyde. We'll find out more tomorrow with Andy Reid than the quad contusion um, for the Honey Badgers. Well, Andy Reid now 102 wins. He passes Marty Schottenheimer, Chiefs regular season uh, record book. Hank Stram, the most wins, the Chiefs head coach with 124. Andy Reid all alone in second place, 102. Marty Schottenheimer with a 101. In third place, speaking of 102, that's where Tyreek Hill came in, in catches today. He's now at 104. The Chiefs record book for most receptions single season, Travis Kelsey, 105 last year. So Tyreek Hill won away from that. It's going to be a race. You know, uh, who knows if Travis Kelsey, no, he's going to pass him. He's going to pass him. Kelsey's sitting there with 83. But, uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill is going to be the all-time single season Reception holder for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's had an unbelievable uh, year, despite the coverage just becoming an all-around receiver, you know, catching the ball in the middle. You know, not, not always the nine rounds, the vertical routes for Travis or for Tyree Kill. He's been unbelievable. Kelsey's had an unbelievable season as well. Six straight years at 1,000 yards. Of course, he didn't play tonight. Already has that 1,000 yards, six straight season, which goes to show just how good of a player he is. He's already has that in the bag when guys like, you know, Shannon Sharp, 1,000 yards three times. Jason Witten four times, Tony Gonzalez four times, Rob Gronkowski four times, but that wasn't in a row. Greg Olson did it three times in a row. Travis Kelsey's done it six times in a row at this point. But the Kansas City Chiefs won six straight division titles, tying themselves with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1974 through 79. The Minnesota Vikings did it from 73 to 78. Remember the Minnesota Vikings would get to the Super Bowl but always lose it. Of course, lost one to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Los Angeles Rams, back from 73 to 79, did it seven straight times. So the Chiefs will be zeroing in on that. And if the Chiefs win the division next year, they'll be tied for second most division titles, one in a row all time, regardless of teams. The New England Patriots hold the record with 11 straight AFC East titles between 2009 and 2019. Who knows if the Chiefs can get that. They started to talk dynasty, start information. The Chiefs had another Super Bowl ring. Here and there, that's what you get. But I love what Andy Reid said about Patrick Mahomes because really, you know, you think about the, you know, Mahomes, what he's been through this year. I mean, the guy's, you know, looking at 4,800 to 5,000 yards passing, looking at 40 touchdowns. He's already over 300 yards rushing. For all the talk that he's broken early on and 
his mechanics, even though it's the same throws we've seen successful last couple of years. He's had some great performances in back-to-back games. If you're looking and say, all right, we'll see it back-to-back games. We had 410 yards passing and three touchdowns against the Chargers in the biggest AFC West game in the last five years. That was the fourth-ranked pass defense when the Chiefs played the Chargers that Thursday night. The Steelers can't stop the run, just like the Chargers, but they can defend the pass. They were 12th against the pass this year, number two in the NFL at sacking the quarterback. And yet Patrick Mahomes was on fire and efficient tonight. Here's what Andy Reid said about that performance of Patrick Mahomes. This was really, it's it's going to be underscored here, I know, but this is one of his great games. Uh, uh, and he only played two and a half quarters. Um, uh, but the thing, the way he was seeing things and handling himself out there against uh, one of the better pass defenses in the National Football League, I, I, I just, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him. But he, he never flinched with, you know, he wanted the guys there. I mean, those are two good football players. So, but he never flinched on it. He got in and got work done during the week with the with the receivers that that, that stepped in. So I, you know, we were confident that if we if we didn't have Tyreek, um, and then we didn't have Kels, but if we didn't have either one of them, that we'd still uh, be efficient. And we had the run game too. So it was a well-rounded game for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's Andy Reid saying it's one of Pat's best games. His quarterback rating was 135.1. He didn't play the, you know, he didn't play the whole game. They ran the ball 35 times. They threw the ball 30 times. So they ran the ball more than they threw it tonight. But it was just incredibly efficient. 23 of 30, 258 yards, three touchdowns, was sacked twice on the night. Again, Pittsburgh, that's one thing to do is they are able to get to the quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes, just an outstanding evening. And this is back-to-back great games. You know, he eclipsed 4,000 yards uh, against the Chargers. So he's well over now. It just It's just banking the yardage in for Patrick Mahomes again. Probably going to end up at 46 to 100 to 5,000 yards passing, 40 touchdowns. Plus, he's got to do over 300 yards on the ground as we sit right now. Still two games are remaining. Of course, all these numbers before you get to that extra 17th game that the NFL added this year. So that, he's only won the division every time that he's played, 12-0 against division teams on the road. Andy Reid now 35-6 and against the division. We know that. They have one more divisional game to go the Denver Broncos, but their success in December, November, I mean, it's unprecedented. With the 23 straight wins in November, December, yeah, there was that one game, but it was a January game, but 14 the last 15, if you want to include that January game, it's 14 the last 15, when it counts. This is when it counts. This is the money time. This coaching staff was thrown for a loop, but I'll give a lot of credit to the, the front office as well in Brett Beach. Again, the undrafted guys, Stepped up for this team in a big way. Darrell Williams led this team in rushing, undrafted. Second leading rusher was Derek Gore, undrafted. Leading receiver, Byron Pringle, undrafted. DiCaprio Boodle led the team in tackles, undrafted. That's scouting. That's signing guys to this team that you think can help down the road. That's what they did. Big hats off to Brett Beach in this game and Patrick Mahomes. And, of course, all those undrafted free agents, including Byron Pringle, with a fantastic game. We'll take a timeout. We come back. Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, plus Touchdown Kansas City, Mitch Holtus. 
You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Here's Jay Binkley. And welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Tonight's Chase big win over the Steelers. Unbelievable. Pittsburgh held such a big advantage over the Kansas City Chiefs throughout their history. But not today. Big Ben was 3-1 and one at Arrowhead Stadium, now 3-2. and two. Flight Edwards-Hilaire, uh, x-rays were negative, according to Ian Rappaport. He'll have an EMRI tomorrow on the collarbone to determine how serious it is. We'll have that uh, for you live right here on 610sports.com and 610 Sports Radio. Cody and Gold will have that for you. Also, Tyron Matthew out with the quad injury. We'll get filled in with that as well. Of course, uh, the Chiefs Kingdom show tomorrow with Mitch Holtis at 6 o'clock. Followed by the Nate Taylor Show with me and Nate. And then after that, Red Reaction, Dusty Likens and Nick Price. And Nick Price. So we'll hear from Pete Sweeney here in just a few minutes. Let's head inside the locker room now. Before we talk to Pete, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Anthony Hitchens after the game. Hey, Anthony, uh, a couple things. Um, first, you know nothing but AFC West championships since you've been here. I mean, uh, I know you guys have bigger goals, but what kind of uh, achievement is this for you guys, particularly given where you started? And, Brad, again, I'll have a second question. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot. Anytime you uh, want to get to your goals at the end of the year, this is the first step. So uh, uh, this is the first step for our organization and, and our team. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're not we're not done. We're not satisfied. Uh Enjoy this one tonight like it was any other week, and then time to turn the page. Okay, and uh, also, um, you, I noticed you're, I, I know you're on the other side of the ball from Pat, but did you notice anything different? He seemed really focused today. You notice anything different about him during the week or, or today at all? Uh, no, not really. It's the same old. Pat's always focused and uh, dialed in. Uh, I, I know or probably early in the week or even later in the week, he didn't know if he's going to have all his weapons or whatnot. I'm not sure if that played a part or not, but uh, Pat's always locked in and focused. You know, that's our, that's our guy. That's our quarterback. Uh, I didn't expect anything less from him. Anthony, uh, you got the best view of this. I'm, I'm just curious to your thoughts on just how relentless the, the front four has been for y'all and, and how much that is leading to a, a better defense all around. Yeah. Uh, our front four has been dominating. Uh, the easier, uh, I mean, the more they dominate, it's easier for everybody else. We can sit back and uh, too high and uh, don't have to bring eight guys in a box. Uh, we don't have to pressure as much when those four guys are. And they're really about, about eight or nine of them because they rotate a lot. Uh, but when those guys are dominating you know, up front, it makes our job easier. And we can just sit back and play too deep and, you know, and, and win games like this. So when those guys are playing well, it, it definitely helps our defense and our team. Anthony, I have two quick questions for you. Um, what did you think you learned about the coaching staff this week, having to go through so much shuffling uh, to get you guys prepared and, and maybe what led to their success? And why did you think you guys uh, sort of came out the game so so good against the Steelers, considering um, what you guys are dealing with this week? Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's just coaches. Uh, at the end of the day, players got to play. Uh, there's a lot of guys that stepped in and did what they're supposed to do. Uh, I wouldn't sit here and say it's all coaches or players. I think there's a combination of everyone uh, putting in the work to uh, to get this win. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, young, some young guys played, some guys played out of position in different positions, but we, we came together as a team. So uh, it's not really one, you know, one thing or other. I think it's more us, us as a team coming together and getting this win. There's linebacker Anthony Hitchens, 36 to 10 Chiefs over the Steelers. Anthony, five tackles, including a tackle for loss. But joining us right now, the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney and Pete, uh, just a few injuries to report on. Looks like the collarbone of uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Get an MRI tomorrow. We'll get filled, on, filled in on that. And then, of course, the quad of Tyron Matthew. And, of course, a lot of the Chiefs starters left this game. Yeah, it's uh, tough to determine the severity of the injuries just because the Chiefs were dominating so much. You're probably going to take these guys out as a precaution anyway. Like You're not going to have someone play through an injury even if they're capable. So good news on the Clyde front. Right now we know that the X-ray was negative, and I guess they're going to look into any structural damage in, the, in an MRI. And You have Tyron Matthew on Twitter right now saying that he's the Wolverine. Um, quite honestly, and that means that he'll, he'll likely be back and, and ready for the next game despite the quad contusion. So Clyde seems to be the one to, to watch, and we should know more information probably sometime late morning tomorrow. Well, Pete, six straight division titles for this team, tying them with two other teams in the Steelers and the Vikings with six straight, only the Rams with seven straight, the Patriots with 11 straight. How do you kind of encapsulate the Kansas City Chiefs once again winning their division? Yeah, I mean it's it's now more than half a decade, right? Uh, you're you're on your way now to a decade of dominance, and Patrick Mahomes is still only 26. So you, you continue to put the right pieces around him. It's hard to think that you know this is going to stop anytime soon. It's it's just been very impressive. Uh, I, I think it started with Clark Hunt sort of having to admit to himself that he made a, a grave mistake with the Pioli era, and then going out and saying, you know, I. I want to make the right call here to, to bring in the right people to turn this franchise around. And uh, that, that was the, the greatest decision in the history of the Kansas City Chiefs is going in and getting Andy Reid and, at the time, John Dorsey and, and really reversing the course of what was a tough history for the Chiefs. I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans out there that remember how dominant those Peyton Manning Broncos were and how, how hard it was to sort of uh, get through some of that, and now that that script is completely and utterly flipped. And I, I think it starts uh, way back when, in 2013, with that decision to hire Coach Andy Reid and and everything that came with it, with uh, his former intern and rising through the ranks eventually to be his GM. And uh, again, Brett Beach finding Patrick Mahomes, and then you know taking the reins. And uh, I heard you at the beginning of the show, kind of building this thing into into what it is, and just like the Chiefs were and, and struggling to knock off the Denver Broncos, it's just hard for me to believe a, a scenario right now where there's going to be a team in this division that, that knocks off the Chiefs in the near future. Yeah, I'll get to Brett Veach in just a second. But first, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 23-30, 258, three touchdowns, quarterback rating 135.1. They, th- they threw the ball 30 times, ran the ball 35 times, but this is back-to-back good performances against good pass defense. The Steelers were 12th in the NFL against the pass, number two in the NFL at sacking the quarterback. The Chargers, where he put up 410 yards and three touchdowns, that was the fourth-best pass defense in the NFL. Andy Reid, after the game, called it one of his best performances ever. In your opinion, was it? Definitely one of the best performances this year. Um, It's been a while since I I think we saw this this version of of Patrick Mahomes where he just was – 
I think playing easy, uh, playing loose, um, looked to be very comfortable. That was something um, that I, I kind of had asked him, and, and you know, he kind of just said it was a, a breakthrough of reps, but I think Andy Reid probably gave the better answer. He just looked like he was confident in the offensive line, and I think it not only has to do with the improved play of the offensive line and the camaraderie of the, the line coming together, but I think also just as Andy Reid's home really having a feel for where they're going to be. Uh, you know, we, we made a big deal about how this line was rebuilt in the offseason, sort of thinking like it was Madden, like you just get these players and they'll just play as they do because, you know, they're just going to be plug-and-play. So it really takes an offensive line a long time to, to develop together. And I, I really think that, you know, we're, we're seeing that in person here in, in Kansas City. And the great thing about it is, is they're young. And, like, once you can get this established maybe this year, you bring all those pieces back for next year, um, I know you got to figure out the Orlando Brown situation, but they'll already have this experience together built in. And offensive linemen, by the end of the year, should be finishing each other's sentences. They should almost know what each other is thinking. And from a home mm. to, I think, now be on that same plane, very, very, very dangerous prospect for the rest of the AFC and then even the NFC, as you talk about a potential Super Bowl, because if that old version of Patrick Mahomes, that, that vintage version that we saw tonight uh, where he is making decisive uh, decisions, very, very short decisions and getting the ball out of his hands and not really hesitating anymore and making the right call and, and doing those throws that you know we're used to seeing with him on the run and sidearm and, and just really slicing and dicing. And you combine that with this relentless defense. I mean, the, the idea of beating this Chiefs team, the way they're playing both offensively and defensively, is just it, it just seems like a monumental, impossible task. And what a, what a treat for Chiefs fans that they're peaking at literally the exact time that you want to be peaking is right now. Yeah, I think Reed, Bienemy, Spagnola, you know, and Brett Veach deserve a lot of credit because of what was thrown at him this week. I mean, guys were coming off the COVID list, put on it. I mean, it was just a real challenge to put a game plan together. But three of the Chiefs' top four receivers tonight, undrafted free agents. The top two rushers, undrafted free agents. The top tackler, an undrafted free agent. I think as much so, this game was more about Brett Veach than all these other games. I know we look at GM of the year, and you know I, I've seen a list with unanimous or anonymous uh, GMs and scouts, and they didn't have Brett Veach listed on their deal, and I vehemently disagree with that. I mean, the guy Bernard Ingram helped flip around this defense, but this, to me, was a Brett Veach game as well. Yeah, I mean, very much so. Anytime that you have a what is a COVID outbreak or you know a number of injuries with the team, and a team can go out and 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 win. I, I think it's just really really impressive when it comes to a depth and the the depth of this team and 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 I I just think like Brett Beach to me it has now had complete drafts. I think really the only thing that you know could be left and missing for his resume because he always nails these undrafted picks. He's done it time and time again. He always nails. Um, you know, these late-round guys where it's finding a diamond in the rough. I think where he's just – the only real thing that he's missing from his resume right now is, is getting that first-rounder and, and finding an elite player in the first round. And now the Chiefs have, have, have made moves, and they have at times worked. And, and when you win a Super Bowl, yeah, it makes sense to trade a first-rounder for Frank Clark. Uh, when you're on that track right now, yeah, it makes sense to trade a first-rounder for Orlando Brown. But if there's one thing missing from a GM resume, it's making that first-round pick and that, for example, like we're watching the Cowboys right now, that turning into a Parsons. And you're like, oh, oh my God, this is going to be another generational player. But 
other than that, I, I completely agree with you that the last couple drafts have been really, really, really strong. And when you're paying a quarterback this much money, you got to get the draft right. And so far, so good, especially for this class. Um, you know, other than a few names, but at that point, you're nitpicking. You're never going to be perfect in your draft classes. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge for those extra pieces. You got to replenish those pieces around Patrick Mahomes. I just look at this year in particular in the second round with Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton, and you know, you get Trey Smith the six. That's three starters. I've always felt, Pete, this was the toughest draft in NFL history because you didn't have the combine, and you had only conference games, not non-conference games. You had guys opting out, opting out of the bowl game. I just think this year was the biggest challenge, and uh, he survived it. Right, and and to an extent, I I think they they thrived in it. I I don't know if it's a typical year where where you know teams can really meet extensively with Trey Smith and test him and whatnot and are willing to do that. I I don't you know I don't I don't know if they end up getting him in the sixth round. And the Chiefs were like, well, he's still lingering there. I mean, they, they took him in the sixth round. They obviously had their concerns as well, but they were smart to say. We can't let this guy fall anymore. We're going to go and, and do it and see what what had happened. Looks like we're going to get what is a a great starter at right guard for the next four years, and and then there's a lot of decisions to make. But my goodness, to have this offensive line where that entire center to right side is made up of rookies that you don't even really have to worry about them until year three, and then maybe you have to make some decisions. It's just incredible. And then you have the other side where Orlando Brown is, is eligible for what could be the franchise tag, or you, may, you might end up having to deal with him. It's just really well done. And, you know, I think what gets a lot of attention around the league is quarterbacks when they're on their rookie deal, and for good reason, it's the ultimate advantage. But the idea that three of these five offensive linemen are not only um, good, not only above average, but approaching like darn near elite. And their rookies is just it is just an incredible job I I think by by Beach and I know Niang wasn't out there tonight but you know the expectation is once he comes off the COVID list he'll he'll go back into where Wiley was and Pete as Bill Belichick once said after 2014 pasting uh, the night before the wild card game for the Royals when the Chiefs hammered uh, the Patriots on the Cincinnati that's where the Chiefs go and as good as the season uh, is good you know we. We have the barbecue here. Their city specialty is chili on yeah, absolutely. Did you know that? I've had their chili, Pete. I love their I love their chili. I was there for the fifteen uh, All Star game. I absolutely love Ryan Wachowski. They're like every day. Uh, big fan of their big fan of their chili. But Pete, we talk about the biggest game of the year. This truly is because a Tennessee win over Miami, which uh, Miami's been playing good football. They're on a winning streak of six straight games. They have the Monday Night Football game, and there's no guarantee Tennessee can beat the Miami Dolphins. But if Tennessee were to beat the Dolphins, the Chiefs were to lose the Bengals, the Chiefs would lose that first, uh, the first seed in the AFC. So we can look at all the big games next week. Truly is. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a huge game and it's a, a huge opportunity. It, the Chiefs are actually in a position too. If Miami were to upset, they could they could wrap things up. And my God, we didn't think that there was a chance of that. And I, you know, rightfully so. Uh, the idea that this three and four Chiefs team. Could have went on this type of tear where they don't they don't lose and and the rest of the AFC they have these slip ups. Um, it's just been uh, amazing to watch and especially in this year, you know you do have the COVID list and even before the outbreaks that we've seen in recent weeks in the NFL, you never you never knew who you were going to lose and, and at what point and, and and things like that. And for them to win eight straight games and to be in this position. Uh, where you could wrap up a bye and then also get a bonus week of rest and really go into the playoffs as the ultimate powerhouse, not only the best team, 
but potentially two weeks of rest is just it's incredible. Um, and it, and it, like I said, it's it's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the players, and um, it, it's it's I think even more so like a credit just not buying into a lot of the outside noise. There was a lot of noise at three and four, and you know you've seen over organizations over the years where eventually you're at the end, and and there is that fall apart. You know we we saw it. I know, like down in Jacksonville, when they were in the and then all of a sudden one thing leads to another, and then their you know organization kind of is over. And Peyton Manning, the Broncos organization has never really been the same again. And those things have happened where you know that version of your Chiefs, which you know who who knows could have been the Mahomes Hill Kelsey, who knew who knows if now that window starts to close uh, with how poorly the defense is playing. But they kept everything in house. They were able to turn it around, and I think that's just such a credit to the leaders on the team, the coaching staff, and, and my God, now they control everything right in front of them. Pete Sweeney, our insider, Chief Insider, we'll hear from Pete again on Tuesday morning. I'll be in here for that, Pete, and then I'll hear from you again at uh, on Wednesday, 3 o'clock. I'll be in for that as well, Pete, plus our Overhead Pride Radio as well. A lot, a lot of stuff with Pete. You and I are doing a lot of stuff together this week. I didn't realize you were on so much. You're, what do you do? So I'm going to be with you probably Tuesday and Wednesday. And yeah, and probably another day. I would, I would guess, right? Yeah, you'll be with me a lot, Pete. It's it's that time of year, yeah. buddy. A lot of quality time for you and I. Arrowhead Pride editor in chief Pete Sweeney. Check out arrowheadpride.com for all the latest. They've got good stuff up there right now on the injuries, of course, tonight as well, and follow along with Pete tomorrow uh, for the latest. He'll be in those press conferences uh, as he always is. Pete, thank you. Bye. All right, there you go, Pete Sweeney, editor in chief Arrowhead. Com. Let's head inside the locker room once again. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas, Kansas City. So let's, let's wait on that. Let's do Touchdown Kansas City first. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. They zone block it to the right. Cut back left front. It goes to Edwards Alaire. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Kansas City. CEH with TD1. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown! Kansas City! Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore When it's game time, it's totally time. Here's the game recap with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Well, it was the Kansas City Chiefs. Get this, eight, eight straight scoring drives, the first drive of the game, or eight for the whole season. That's the most in the National Football League, the Chiefs with the Colts. It was the Chiefs drawing first blood in this game. And seven are in right now. They try it on a push left side. Breaking up a hit. Angling near side. Touchdown! Kansas City! Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was hit in the backfield. Would not be denied. And Angles near side. And the Chiefs get a touchdown on their first drive of the game at 4.07 to go first quarter. Chiefs deferred. That was 14 plays, 73 yards. That's how impressive that drive was. 14 plays, 73 yards, 8-10 off the clock that put up the Chiefs seven to nothing then the Chiefs would score again in the first quarter play action fake Mahomes holding it holding it holding it still holding it with time he will step up now fires it late back in the end zone caught touchdown Kansas City Byron Pringle stayed alive so did Mahomes you give him that much time he'll find everybody on earth to throw to it was a minute five left in the first quarter. Six plays, 49 yards, 254 off the clock, that five-yard strike to Byron Pringle. 
And with Patrick Mahomes, it's all about trusting linemen. They give him a lot of time tonight. And when he has a lot of time, he's going to find the guy. When you give him the time, the trust of the linemen, unbelievable stuff can happen. That was the first quarter where it was 14 to nothing. The Chiefs would add an Elliott Fry 44-yard field goal, 10 plays, 54 yards, 501 off the clock at 845 left in the second quarter. And then it was McCole Hardman getting in on the action. A tight end, Noah Gray, line of scrimmage to the right. They're going to throw it wide screen. It goes to Hardman on the edge at the five. Stops, starts, far front pylon. Touchdown, Kansas City. McCall Hardman and the touchdown pass by Patrick Mahomes. The 60-30s had an Arrowhead Stadium. The most by any Kansas City City Chiefs quarterback in this venue. Mahomes passes Trenton Green for the most quarterback uh, touchdown passes in Arrowhead Stadium history there, that eight-yard strike. From Mahomes to McCole Hardman, Elliott Fry's point after attempt failed, but Elliott Fry was good tonight. All right, Elliott Fry was good enough. He got the job done tonight. McCole Hardman, eight-yard touchdown there, six plays, 74 yards, 250. Time went off the clock. That was at 213 left in the second quarter. Score was 23-0. Kansas City Chiefs at this point until... Guess who makes it 30 to nothing? At the 16 of Pittsburgh. Williams stays in. They fake it to him. Sling it. Caught by Pringle. Off the hit. Darts back inside. Touchdown, Kansas City. Byron Pringle with an outstanding catch and run. Dusting two Steelers and into the sweet nectar. And the Chiefs lead 29 to nothing. And that was our Tully touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Just because of the stop starting again, you can have a lot of these touchdowns. The McCall Hardman touchdown was fancy, but for Byron Pringle, he's never had two touchdowns in a game. And for him to do this and duck under defenders, stop and start and find his way in the end zone, that's why that's our Tully touchdown of the game brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So at this point, the score is 30 to nothing Kansas City Chiefs as that was a nice drive once again. Seven plays, 51 yards, taking 351 off the clock, making the score 30 to nothing at that point. 8.53 left in the third quarter. Chris Boswell for the Steelers would put the Steelers on the board. 34-yard field goal by him. A 15-play drive, 54 yards, 5.19 off the clock for the Steelers, making the score 30 to three. Then we go into the fourth quarter. Elliott Fry back-to-back field goals. Hit one after 12 plays, 59 yards, 637 off the clock, making the score 33-3. Another Elliott Fry 30-yard field goal, four plays. It actually went backwards, minus five yards on that drive, 202 off the clock, 941 left in the the fourth quarter, 36-3 Kansas City Chiefs before Deontay Johnson will be the final score of the game, a 15-yard pass from Big Ben. Chris Boswell with the extra point, 17 plays, 85 yards, 6.47 off the clock for the Steelers. Final score, Kansas City 36, Pittsburgh Steelers 10. Chiefs, six straight AFC West division title. Never been done before in the history of the AFC West. Tying them with the the Vikings from the 70s and the Dallas Cowboys as well, but the Kansas City Chiefs with only the Rams with seven straight through the 70s and 11 straight uh, AFC's titles from the New England Patriots, 09 to 2019. The only teams ahead for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a timeout, though. When we come back, we'll head back inside the Kansas City Chiefs locker room, including hearing from the owner, Clark Hunt. 
You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog shake or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Here's Jay Binkley. Well, the Chiefs with that 36 to 10 win over the Steelers Sunday night football going on now 42 to 7 Cowboys over Washington. They even got a little fight on the sideline. But Dak Prescott, incredible uh, performance in the first half of that game. That was the halftime score 42 to 7. Also in the AFC West, the Chargers. Went down to the Texans, 41 to 29. That's right, the Texans, 41 points scored on that terrible Chargers defense. Again, Chargers had double-digit guys with COVID. You know what? So did the Texans. So did the Texans. So they both had those issues, but the Texans uh, send the Chargers to eight and sevens. That's the same record as the Raiders this season. The Raiders will play the Chargers again. Raiders can get themselves back in the playoffs with back-to-back wins at the Colts and versus the Chargers. So not an easy feat for those uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But, yeah, I mean, the Chargers, everybody's All-American. Justin Herbert, a lot of people were quick to that bandwagon that they they take Herbert, the AFC West. I remember Brian Greasy, I'm going to have football, said the AFC West goes to the Chargers. Uh, No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, Brian. It uh, goes to Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Chiefs won the division for six straight years. Uh, the Raiders beat the Broncos today, 17-13 to in the AFC West. Let's go back inside that locker room, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the undrafted man from Kansas State himself with two touchdowns, Byron Pringle. certainly wasn't designed that way, um, but Mahomes had a lot of time to find you, and you ran around. What did you see on that play, and, and what did you do to get open? Uh, I, I was just bouncing in one spot, went from the rollout uh, left or right, and he rolled left, and I just tried to get in the quarterback view. And, you know, playing with Pat, you got to stay alive. So that's what I did. Ema Byrne, how you doing tonight? Ema, Ema, how you doing? Hey, I'm well, thanks. And Merry Christmas to you as well. Obviously, a lot of unknown entering this week, but what, how, how did you mentally prepare yourself knowing that this game could have uh, – you could be without Travis Kelsey and even maybe – Tyreek Hill, but he was there. So what did you do mentally? Uh, me, uh, like Coach said, just get in the playbook and uh, be ready to take advantage of your opportunity that comes your way. So I was just trying to come out and uh, no pressure on myself, just take advantage of my opportunity and, and play and just have fun with it while I'm doing it. Hey, Byron, being able to, you know, have the first, um, you know, two touchdown, multiple touchdown day of your career, just, you know, what does that mean to you as a guy who, you know, went undrafted and, you know, had to work your way up from, you know, the practice squad and to have the role you're having this year? Uh, just don't never give up on yourself. Uh, just keep working, keep grinding. Don't look who in front of you, who who behind you, who on the side of you. Just keep going day in, day out. And had I want to know mentality. Hey, Byron, uh, without Travis and without Tyreek at practice this week, any, do you notice anything different about Pat? Was he more focused or dialed in than normal or just the same old Pat? Uh, he was just the same old Pat, you know, uh, communicating with the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs. Just wanted us to go out there and, and just have fun while we're doing it. Nothing too serious. Uh, just just go out there and take advantage of the opportunity. That way he was just preaching to us all week. Just take 
uh, full advantage of the opportunity that's given to us. And he said that before the game as well. Hey, Byron, similar question, Lila. This is obviously one of the better games of your career. Um, what's the key when, when you have guys in front of you, like maybe you did, to, to staying patient? How do you have such a knack uh, for remaining patient and kind of letting this type of game come to you? Oh, man. See, I fish a lot, and you never know when the fish going to bite the bait. So it teach you patience, you know. Uh, uh, just go in and grind. Don't look who in front of you. As long as we come out with that dub at the end of the game, that's all that matters to me as a player. And as uh, as a teammate, just as long as we win and uh, and I executed my 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 plan and, and and took advantage of the opportunity that was given to me, I'm okay with it. So, hey Brian, I can't help but notice your shirt. It seems like it seems like it reads Chiefs Run the West. Okay, what does that mean to y'all? I mean, obviously six straight AFC West division titles. So, what is the overall mood in the locker room, and then how how pumped up are y'all right now? Man, we pumped, man, because, you know, the coaches put in a lot of hard-working hours. The players put in a lot of hard-working hours in the offseason. And and I love when they come together as one, and we keep succeeding to keep winning games day in, uh, every weekend. And uh, how we how we uh, attack the week, you know, we go in hard work, you know, and uh, just smiling and, and executing the plays and, and take advantage of the opportunities. There's Byron Pringle, two touchdowns today from the undrafted uh, free agent out of Kansas State. He's seen his uh, playing time increase, though. You go back to that Broncos game where uh, Tyree Kill had 88% of the snaps, but Byron Pringle was the second receiver in snaps at 72% in that game the following week against the Raiders. He had 61% of the snaps. Tyree Kill, 67%. He led the way. He was uh, behind Demarcus Robinson barely. In that Chargers game, 68% of the snaps to 64% of the snaps. So he's seen the snaps increase uh, this season. He's been that guy. You know, it was the guy that, you know, had to replace Sammy Watkins and all the small things that he did, you know, the blocking, being tough and physical and everything like that. Byron Pringle's done that. And he's definitely got the trust of Patrick Mahomes to keep throwing it to him uh, during the game. Yeah, there's been a few drops lately, but Patrick Mahomes had the highest quarterback rating throwing to uh, Byron Pringle throughout the season. Let's hear from the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who has quarterback rating at 135.1. Andy Reid considered it one of his better games, and I, I'm with him. I mean, to think you go in the game, Terry Kill just two catches, comes off the COVID list yesterday. You don't have Travis Kelsey. Second game, Patrick Mahomes has had to play without Travis Kelsey. The first time was at the game against the Broncos, week 17 back in 2017, that, you know, the backups played in that game. That's where Patrick Mahomes got his first road victory in the AFC West. But let's go back inside that locker room brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sounds, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, I asked Andy some form of this, but uh, obviously all week you guys practiced not knowing exactly what receivers were going to be available. Um, was there any sort of benefit at all of, of, I mean, obviously you want those guys on the field, right? But was there any benefit of just playing the offense and not worrying about who, who you were targeting, but but just going with, with, with the flow there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any uh, benefit from it. I think it was just we just we went through our reads the same way. Uh, we put guys in position uh, in position to succeed, um, and they stepped up and made those plays happen. I mean, uh, a lot of those routes sometimes are Tyreek or sometimes are Travis, and they, they seem like they're always making plays happen. Um, we, threw, we threw guys like Pringle, guys like McColl, guys like Noah into those positions, and they made plays happen um, and kind of filled that role the best they could. And then I realized that you said on Wednesday that you didn't want your preparation to change because those guys may or may not play. Did it really work out that way? I mean, not even minor things changed throughout your game planning this week? 
Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I just went through my preparation like I usually would. Um, in this league, you're not going to have your every one of your guys every single week. So guys have to step up. Um, and that's why we built the receiving room. We built the tight end room. And then we built the running back room the way we've built it is so that whenever guys get their opportunities, they can step up and make plays happen. Um, and so I'm just going to go through the reads. I'm going to find the open guy. And uh, we have a lot of good players in this team that are going to make plays happen. Hey, Patrick, it uh, seems like I'm asking you this every year now, but uh, another AFC champ, uh, West championship for you. Do you uh, still have – I know you have bigger goals, so do you still have a, a real appreciation for that? And, and Brad will have a second question as well. Yeah, when, I, I do 100%. I mean, uh, this year as much as any. I mean, if you look at the AFC West, I mean, every team's still battling for a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a tough division that you have to go in with the mindset of we have to win the AFC West divisional game to get where we want to be at. Um, and so to be able to win the AFC West, kind of win that, get that first goal. I mean, obviously, like you said, we have we have more goals that we want to go after. But this was the first one, and the, to take this step, uh, we got to build that momentum and in, into the playoffs and try to make a run at it. Yeah. Okay. And um, it, it uh, obviously Travis didn't play today, and it looked for a while at least this week that like Tyreek wouldn't play. I know he didn't practice all week. Did you have to fight the temptation at all this week and, and today in particular not to do too much? Um, I, I, not really. I mean, I think I fought that temptation this this entire season. I mean, the defenses are playing us with these high shell coverages, and they're they're making us drive the full length of the field, and it's kind of built us for these moments where we've had a we've had to drive the length of the field. We've had to put together long drives like we did in the first quarter uh, and find a way to get a touchdown at the end of it. And then um, I think guys have accepted the challenge of it, um, knowing that we still have the big strike offense that we've always had. Um, but if defenses are going to make us drive the entire length of the field, we're going to go through the offense and uh, make it happen. Patrick, you looked uh, as in the zone, maybe as you have all season. Andy Reid kind of acknowledged this is one of your better performances of the year. What do you think maybe uh, clicked an extra gear um, in this in this game in particular that that you were feeling it, uh, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's just uh, continuing to try to get better and better. I mean, um, I feel like even in the last few games, there's still throws here and there that I've been missing, and Coach Reed's been preaching with me to to kind of work on the fundamentals and get back to get back to who I know I can be. And uh, today we had a good day of that, but uh, we can't be satisfied with that. We still have a long, long way to go. I'm going to continue to work on those fundamentals, continue to try to be better and better. Um, and, and when the offensive line's blocking like they are, it does make it a, a little bit easier for you. Hey, Patrick, there was one play where you scrambled and you pointed, I think, at Derek Gore to go deep. I just wonder, can you explain how you know where you are on the field and how much uh, time you have before you get to the line of scrimmage to make such throws like that? Yeah, I uh, um, I was really almost getting ready to run, and at the last second I saw uh, DG running out, kind of running down the sideline, and I just put it out there for him. Um, I just tried to extend the play. I, I realized that I'm not the fastest guy, so I, it's usually a better option to get it to the fast guys and let them run. So I can run and get first downs, but usually when you want touchdowns and big plays, you, you find ways to get it to those speed guys, and uh, they do a great job of getting themselves open. Hey, Patrick, two, two quick things. One is just, I wonder if you could describe how much different it feels to work with this O-line now than it did at the start of the season. Then I have just one more quick thing. Yeah, um, I mean, whenever you're with a group of guys uh, for that long, I mean, you understand uh, what they're doing. You, you get a feel for how they're blocking guys. You get a feel for where the pocket is, where you can sort of step up and find and find kind of reset in the pocket to find another throw. Um, and I think they, they've gotten a feel for me. They understand how to change how they block. Um, versus how I drop. And, um, I mean, obviously with those young guys in the, in, the, in the middle there, they've gotten more and more reps. They've seen more and more stuff. So they've obviously gotten better and better. And uh, we got a lot of talented guys up there, and it could be a real strength for us going into the playoffs. 
And then the other thing, it's just about um, Byron Pringle's day and what, what it is about him that uh, you think has allowed him to emerge as a, as a pretty trusted target of yours. Yeah, I think it's just he's – I just think he plays really hard. I mean, at the end of the day, I think he just goes out there and he, he kind of puts it all out there. He does what his job is. He understands his role in the offense. Um, and then whenever he needs to make a play, he seems like he's ma- he makes plays. And uh, another, another thing, he doesn't get down on himself. I mean, you look at the play he almost made over the middle – um, which would have been a heck of a catch. I and mean, it seems like the next play, he makes another play every single time. And uh, he's a guy that uh, loves football. He loves being out there and uh, someone that will be a big part of our offense going forward. There's Patrick Mahomes, leader of this offense. And one stat before this game started, obviously Dallas here with 48 points on the board. It's going to be interesting to see uh, tomorrow the NFL advanced stats from football reference. But the Chiefs win this game number one in the National Football League in points per drive. 2.6 points per drive. They had the, the fewest amount of drives in the NFL coming in this week, tied with the Green Bay Packers at 141. But that is the most efficient offense in the NFL, despite their hiccups, despite the struggles. Again, oftentimes we micromanage what the Chiefs are doing when other teams have definitely had their problems, including this Dallas Cowboys at 48 points tonight against Washington. This was a team that was blasted at home by the Denver Broncos a few weeks, a, a, a few weeks of go. Uh, Clark Hunt, the owner and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, talked as well after this uh, game, the sixth straight uh, division title for the Kansas City Chiefs. Really, Clark Hunt, really instrumental on this Chiefs team as far as ownership was concerned. You know, what was he going to do as owner for the Chiefs? Well, he tried his best bringing in Peel. It didn't work. He backed out of that. He went Andy Reid. They brought in John Dorsey. And then, of course, that transition to Brett Veach taking over. It's really Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been the biggest difference again. Multiple 10-plus wins in seven straight years for Andy Reid. He averages 11.3 wins a year for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think he should be coach of the year again. Oftentimes the best don't, don't, does not get the award. He hasn't won it since 2002, 19 seasons ago. I'll tell you what, though. You start three and four, you have the doubt of the world upon your shoulders, what you're doing, then all of a sudden you r- rattle off eight straight wins. You win your division six straight times just putting Andy Reid in rear air. And again, I'll say this week with COVID, those that can handle it will win. It's no mystery last year that Alabama won the national title in the middle of the pandemic. Why? Because Nick Saban knows what to do. Andy Reid got the Super Why? He knows what to do. You know, some coaches will sweat out game plans. You're missing guys. You're getting guys back. What are you going to do? Well, he dealt with that. Didn't get Tyree Kill back till yesterday. Tyree Kill with 104 receptions now on the season. Travis Kelsey, the go-to guy with Tyree Kill for Petra Mahomes, did not play tonight. But it was the undrafted guys. Three of the top four receivers from the Chiefs were undrafted guys. That's why this game is so impressive to me. It's Andy Reid. It's Brett Veach with these undrafted signings, with the draft that he had this, this previous year, bringing in Melvin Ingram to really flip this defense. I mean, just timely moves from the front office all the way down, of course, the head of the front office, Clark Hunt. Spoke to the media. Let's go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Clark Hunt. Okay. Uh, just start by congratulating uh, the team and the coaching staff on a tremendous afternoon. Uh, great performance all the way around uh, by all three units. And, of course, uh, clinching uh, the division title uh, the sixth straight time. Uh, that we've done so uh, with Andy as our head coach. Uh, Just a tremendous job by him, his coaching staff, in what I know was a very challenging week from a coaching perspective. 
Hey, Clark, you mentioned uh, clinching the division with six straight years. And as a man who appreciates history, what does it mean to you when you think about that six straight ASC West division titles? Yeah, well, as I think back over uh, the last 15 or so years, uh, I remember in those early years uh, being excited in a year where we were in the running to win the division and uh, never thought about winning the division five or six times in a row. Uh, in part because no AFC West team has ever done that. Uh, we became the, the first uh, to do it today. Uh, just a tremendous accomplishment all the way around. Uh, lots of credit uh, to be spread uh, around the team and the coaching staff and the entire organization. Hey, Clark, um, you, you talked, congratulations, by the way. Um, you talked a minute ago about how what a challenging week it was for, for Andy and the coaching staff in particular. What did you see from him and the, and the coaching staff this week that sort of allowed them not just to, to handle this and get through the week, but for you guys to play as well as you did tonight? Yeah. <clears throat> well, this is the type of week uh, where – uh, it's so great to have an experienced coach uh, like Andy Reid, somebody who is so steady, uh, somebody who has seen virtually everything uh, that the NFL can throw at, throw at them, although I know this week was something different. Um, and, and Andy mentioned that, you know, that he was, you know, this was a different challenge. Uh, but uh, his preparation is so thorough, his staff's preparation is so thorough, uh, that they were able to get the guys who were able to play uh, ready. And I uh, thought they came out, you know, right from, from moment one and, and played one of their best games of the season. Hey, Clark, congratulations also. Um, sort of along the lines of what Adam asked, but I wonder if you could go back to when you guys were three and four and how much you were churning over what, what you thought this team could be and what you think you've seen change to get it to where it is now. Well, I think we were all scratching our heads to some degree uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, we'd seen some really positive things from uh, the offense. They'd moved the ball up and down the field, but we'd uh, failed to convert a lot of those opportunities in large part because we were giving the ball away. Uh, for some reason, the defense was having a hard time uh, getting on the same page. We were making mistakes, which we had not seen uh, over the last couple of years. And then in the middle of this year, it all came together with uh, the defense starting to play better. And that's really just continued on a week by week basis. And then I think over the last month, we've seen the, the offense uh, get back to the, the, the type of offense that we're used to seeing uh, with uh, Andy and Patrick working together. Um, I, I thought their, their performance today was, uh, you know, uh, among the best I've seen this year. I thought Patrick was, was right on point. Uh, just a great job of, of him working with the offensive line and the receivers that we had, had available. Uh, the running game was strong. And uh, I, I don't want to miss uh, giving a shout out to our fans. Uh, you know, in terms of a game right after Christmas Day, um, it was great to, to see so many uh, Chiefs fans here in red, and it had to be one of the loudest games that I can remember this year. So uh, credit to the fans for also bringing it today. Chiefs fans continue to be amazing. That was the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt. 12.8 points a game against this defense the last eight games. Last five games at home, how about 8.8 points per game against this defense? You can talk about it. You can be about it. The Chiefs are about it. They just are. Doesn't matter who you're throwing their direction, they're beating them. Despite the national temperature and are the Chiefs broken, they're clearly not. They just won their sixth straight 
AFC West title. You had a lot of buzz for Justin Herbert and the Chargers, but can you knock off the King? Well, the AFC West is having trouble doing it as the Chiefs have rattled off six straight division titles, never been done in the AFC West. Thanks to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. You hear him mention Dana Hughes on 106.5 The Wolf, our sister station. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. We'll talk to him a few more times this week as he's our Chiefs insider. And as always, Merry Christmas, Kramer. Producing this operation, Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to all the uh, Chiefs fans out there in Chiefs Kingdom. Good night, everybody.